You are listening to Through Being Cool podcast. Uh, what is all I'm thinking of is is laser brain. That's all I can think of. I know, me too. Uh, You're listening to the Through Being Cool podcast. This is Nick, and I'm Tristan, and. Patrick, Patrick he, he'll, he'll be upset that the only time that we actually introduce ourselves is when he's not here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Pat, Pat is away for the day and the uh, cats are here to play. I don't know how that's, I don't know if that's. Just right out of the bag. Cat, Someone cat. let the cats out of the bag. The cool cats out of the bag. Who let the cats out? I don't want to die. <clears throat> um, I'm so tired. Not not just in general, which kind of in general, but again, uh, I told you that I've I've had stuff going on with the apartment. And yeah, yeah. What is what is going on there? It's just it's it's actually gotten worse today. And then like the the people above me, I've I've made comments before. Um, and Same with the kids. Yeah, and like the noise and stuff, and how they're nasty, and how they've had bugs, and stuff makes makes me have bugs. Uh, all that whole stuff. I think I talked about the leaking from upstairs from the they're like they weren't watching the kids, and they just flooded uh, the bathroom. Uh, but there was another thing that happened. Uh, well, well, starting a couple months ago my the the floor of my bedroom started to to kind of bevel a little bit like the the wood um whoa wood planks kind of started to bevel a little bit maybe like an inch or so um you could feel it when you walk on it um and i called and told them about it whenever it happened uh called the front office um and they just kind of sat there for a while and didn't didn't do anything and then recently um i was going to the kitchen for something and i stepped on um i was walking to the kitchen and some of the wood squirted at me oh and i was like what the fuck and so i i kept stepping on it and yeah it was just shooting out water uh from under the, the wood paneling and uh there were several places like i could see there was water coming up through the cracks in the wood in several different places in the the uh, living room and it was just fucking bizarre and uh, long story short what had happened was that the people above me like there was something wrong with either like their hot water heater or something but something was leaking and um because when the maintenance guy came in he opened my utility closet with my water heater full of fucking mold like the entire oh closet, dude the whole closet's green pretty much uh a green and black and um so who knows how long that's been 
uh, dripping in here because I like there's all the green and black on the, the walls and then towards the ceiling you could see where it was visibly like wet where it's just coming down so the the current theory is that all that water over the course of a couple of months has gotten underneath the floor and that's what I was seeing and uh, and now uh, as as of a few days ago the floor has started to bevel in multiple places including the living room and it's extreme and then today i wake up and come in here to try to get everything set up um and it's it's buckled to the point where it's 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 fissured and it's like you you could actually you, you're not going to be able to just push them back down again. Um, they're going to have to be taken up entirely uh, and now I just run the real risk of like actually catching my feet in my floor when I'm trying to walk in this already very small apartment. I and also whatever kind of shit comes along with the mold. Yeah, I'm, I'm really worried about that too. Um, because I don't know if that has anything to do with the first beveling in my bedroom, but if, if it is, um, that stuff's been coming through for a while. So I, I, it's hard telling, but all is going to be found. Plus, like, whenever, because these people are supposed to be out at the end of August. Um, they still have to fix the fucking ceiling, too, from where all the water came in last thing. So I'm probably just surrounded by mold. When is uh, your lease up? Uh, it, it's not going to be up for a while. I signed again. Um, because those people were going to be leaving. And I was like, every problem that I've had has been tied to these people, essentially. And I, I didn't want to, they offered a, another place, but it was going to be more expensive. And honestly, I just wanted to save money. Um, Is sucked. there a, an exception? Like if there's got to be an exception, you know, an exemption in the, in the lease agreement to get you out of it if there's fucking mold in the room uh that is well what, what's happening right now is that there's uh i forgot to turn it off so hopefully it's not coming through too much but um there is a uh dehumidifier going in that little uh, closet it's kind of sticking out of the closet because there's no space for it in there um just getting all the moisture out of there and they said that once I run that all weekend. Um, they'll come in. What what they said was that they will bleach off the, the mold and everything. Problem is, that it's going to take more than that to to take care of that. I have a feeling. I have a strong feeling. Yeah. Um, Just like mold remediation is a big, big fucking deal. It's not just. <laughs> putting bleach on the drywall like they're going to, have to take it down to the studs mm -hmm. and so yeah i mean maybe um if i do push that mat you know i'm i guess i may need to move after all um which sucks and that's another reason why i wasn't super keen on, on moving the, the place that they were going to move me to was going to be on the second floor and even if i were to move now like being by yourself and moving is a enormous pain 
Oh, it's awful. Nobody here. So, um, you know, I don't feel like spending close to a thousand dollars for a moving company or something. Um, but anyway, that that's been the stuff. And, and then in addition to their fucking bugs again, because they're nasty. And, uh, that's still a thing. And then the stomping, of course, is still a thing. Whatever. But it's it's to the point where like all that other stuff is not at the forefront of my mind because all the other stuff is so bad. Dude, I would. It, if I were you, I would make a big fucking stink about it and have them give you that apartment at the same cost as this one or something. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I would throw shit fit. It's mold, especially for like, I don't, I'm just, I'm talking about something I don't know a whole lot about, like, but I do know that there are like psychological side effects for a lot of people with mold. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I have, again, it's totally subjective and, and maybe in my head, but I'm pretty sure I've experienced that myself. And, uh, I, I don't know. It scares me. Mm -hmm. Shit with mold, especially I've read that like people with, uh, ASD are like real sensitive to like mold. Autism. Toxicity. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why. And it could be, it could be complete bullshit, but I've just, I've heard things here and there. I've never dug into it much. Mycotoxin exposure. (laughs) In the city. Hey, we're all having, we're all having some semblance of fun here, right? Wake up. (laughs) Um, but yeah. I do know that mold remediation is super expensive and it is not, you can't just put bleach on it. Those people don't know what they're talking about. They don't know you're either that or they do. And they're pieces hey, he, of shit. He's a general maintenance guy. He's a nice guy. And you know, I, I definitely feel for him because he, he looks like he's in his twenties, um, like maybe late twenties, but like he's still got to go up in, to those places like i as much as there's a part of me that's been curious as to what's going on in there i actually would not want to see it because i feel like my ignorance is actually better for me to to not know what is directly above me like i can i can i can see enough when i'm outside and i can see because with them being above me they actually have a little deck just seeing what's on their deck is enough because they would sometimes have uh, trash ran remember, uh, from all the stuff that's just falling from the deck. Um, Jesus. But that, but that was kind of why I wanted to stay um, because the complexes have a thing now and I don't remember it being a thing in Kentucky but it's definitely a thing here where they try to get you to renew like, it, like three, four months, like they send it out like four months early for you to renew. And that's a very long time. Um, but anyway, like I wanted to try to wait it out because if they, if all of my problems are tied to them, then it would be advantageous to stay. But 
Did they offer you anything? Um, they offered me, I mean, they, no, not, not outside of leasing me another place for the same price that they would like to charge anybody else. So. Yeah, that's shitty. It is. And now I am kind of worried about the mold. I was, I was hoping that the mold situation was going to be fine for the ceiling and that they would just, you know, kind of patch it up and move on. But seeing the closet, um, it just, and the fucking, it, to the point where there was water squirting out of my fucking floor. Like there's, I don't think there's any way there's not a problem. And you're, you're paying the same amount you were paying when the place was not falling apart. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to have to request something on Monday because again, as of today, it, it's been annoying and kind of funny about the floor. You're kind of riding the waves as you're walking. Yeah. Um, annoying for sure. But now it's it's just untenable. Like there, there's there's not a real good way to try to navigate. untenable. Yeah. Well, Unten. Yeah. Untenable. We we got there. Nice. I'll send I'll send you a picture. I know that nobody else is going to be able to see it, but um, it maybe will help give you an idea. <clears throat> I'm sure. Sure, you love this. If I were you, I'd I'd give it a goog, but I know that there are mm -hmm. some real legitimate risks of like psychological issues with um, yeah. mold exposure. And uh, you know, I, I'm worried about that, of course, for me. And I'm also, as dumb as it sounds, worried about that for Rico too, because he already. Yeah. Like he already has um, what I call just allergies. And, and he might get more horny. He might, but yeah, he already has like allergy issues and uh, breathing issues in the summertime. So I, I, it would be, it would baffle me if that kind of mold situation didn't affect me. Oh, no doubt. I, I'm sending you that picture of my closet right now. And of course, it goes on below that too. Um, the the lower half is just looks just the same, pretty much. Um, and if you tap tap and expand it, uh, you can you can see what I'm talking about with all the water coming through the top. Whoa! I was just fucking drenched. That looks like black mold, dude. It does. It's it's green greener when you're looking at it, but the the centers are definitely black. Um, but yeah, it's fucking bad news. Holy shit. Um, and that, that's just kind of, that's kind of been my mental state of this is that like, essentially since I moved in here, um, I think it's kind of just broken me over time to like, be more apathetic because it's always something. So I'm just kind of mentally exhausted from it all, which is not a good solution. Like 
Uh, yeah. and I know that I still need to actually <laughs> act on this, but it, it makes it harder, especially for someone I've, we've talked about our mental health stuff. Yeah. For me, like that kind of just, uh, conditioned the acceptance, uh, what's it, what's it called? Um, learned helplessness. Yes. Yeah. Where you just accept defeat and just let, let it happen. Yeah. Yeah, I'd I'd stick up for myself with that landlord. You need to stick up for yourself with that landlord. They need to. Dude, I wouldn't even ask for like less money. They need to get you out of there. Yeah. Like as soon as possible. Yeah, yeah. It it, it just it sucks. Um, I will have an issue of trying to trying to physically get out, but. It should be most most of the stuff I could do by myself. It should be how how far away? Uh, oh no no no! Um, worst case scenario, I can I can either get somebody here or I can find somebody in Charlottesville. It's like thirty minutes away. So, um, it's it is a one of those things that's also um a roadblock that makes it easier for me to try to not do anything like so i yeah so i get that i totally get that um so you know that, that that's been that's been my whole thing uh how have you been good <laughs> <laughs> uh you know, just, I don't know, same shit, different day. I've been uh, doing a lot of crafting, just getting ready for Halloween since that's coming up. Oh, wow. More of yeah. the, the, the people, the city project thing, your little Tim Burton thing. What's that? More of the like little Tim Burton, Beetlejuice uh, uh, miniature things or other crafts. Like oh. Had, had the whole city. Yeah. Thing, uh, no, no, this is, uh, hold on. All right, so we've been doing a few different things, but, and I'll, I'll take pictures and put them on the, on the show. I've been doing a few different things, but these are kind of the big ones I'm most excited about. So I got these jars, these like uh, apothecary jars at uh, the dollar store. And they've got these have mummy bandages in them. <laughs> All right. Well, I've got I've got about five of them done. These I don't have the label on them yet. These have eyeballs in them. Mm. Probably don't need a label for them since oh, they got eyeballs in them. Their eye of man. Well, see, we got to have eye of man and then eye of newt. Mm. Um, we've got some uh, some teeth that Tress is working on. She's making some teeth for a jar of teeth. Then uh, I've been making these guys. This is my Dracula mask. Nice. And my skull mask. Those are cool. And this is my Frankenstein mask I was working on last night. They look like um, like classic 1970s masks or something. Yeah, that's what I'm working on. That's my goal. And then... Uh, Guess which one I, Tressa did? 
the one on the left? Yeah, the good oh. one. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, my, uh, my left. The one that looks fucking incredible. Well, she it, to be finished fair, with hers, I wanted to quit. <laughs> to be fair, you kind of set me up for that one because you literally just said that you had been working on the Frankenstein one, which is the one that you held up on the left. I, yeah, well, I also on I your left. Assume it's obvious. Mine isn't <laughs> the one that looks like it was done by a professional mask maker. Well, I was about to ask you uh, which, what that was because I saw it poking out of the bottom of the screen. Yeah, yeah, she did like a forest elemental, and I did a Frankenstein and a Dracula. Well, I, I do. I think that hers looks really cool. I think yours looks really cool too, in a different way. Because, like I said, those those look like mask you, you could pick up at a pharmacy in like 1978 or something that was my goal that was exactly what i was trying to do there's there are these like masks from the 70s that had just had these garish colors so i've got i've got kind of a specific art style if you've ever seen like my visual art and uh, i like like big blocks of color and i like the colors to kind of match um like color theory is something i'm one of the only things I'm kind of good at with art. And so uh do they exist? What's that? Colors. Frankenstein's colors. Colors? Hmm. Well, I mean, yes and no, I guess. It's funny because I, I was just making a joke, but kind <laughs> kinda, yeah. I mean I well, this is something I think about all the time. Um and how I wish there were more. And then Tressa put this together too. Oh, nice. This is a, she made a witch nose for my witch mask. But, uh, yeah, don't get me started on colors. I just feel like I wish there should, I feel like there should be more of them. That's all. More colors? I feel like we use too many of them and there should be more of them. Uh, well, yeah, no, no, agree. I mean, we, we have millions of them, um, but only only really like 50 60 that we can actually distinguish particularly well yeah but like even then like there are so many other colors that were uh were being vip'd out of and were gated from seeing certain colors that's i know it's cool. bullshit it seriously pisses me off you can you can get your uh your lens removed and you can see um uh ultraviolet UV. Some, some yeah that's <laughs> yeah. true i mean I, I i i get it but like sounds like a bad idea in, in general because <laughs> like that's the thing that's that we've evolved to like be protected from yeah i mean you won't be able to see anything up close but from far away you can see uv if you get your lens removed and just straight cancer if you look up i guess <laughs> but i mean no. yeah no I, I agree with the sentiment like i, I I I th would think about that a lot, like uh, either colors that we can't see or uh, like sensations um, that we can't, kind of like hunger or thirst or whatever. Uh, we have a physiological response to that stuff, so we know what that feels like, but like feelings we don't have because we don't have parts for, for you know. Like, uh, like, uh, what is it? Like, uh, 
like the birds that know which direction they're pointing because of the uh what are those lines called you know talking about the lines that run like south to north around the earth oh yeah yeah that's how like bees and birds know which way they're going like latitudinal longitudinal uh lines on the map well yeah but there's like there are like electromagnetic lines that like that happen to run that way and like birds and stuff so they're they're they've done these um tests like biohackers and stuff like that they've done these things where um they they have you wear a belt that like vibrates when you're facing north mm-hmm. and uh after people after they remove it people still have that like sensation of getting, getting when they face that direction kind of getting gently pulled or like having a like you're getting pulled in that direction or like you have, I don't, I've just heard about this second hand. I don't know any of the details and I'm sure it's probably just like whenever you're in a, in a place where you know the orientation, hmm. but, but yeah, like, like that, I've thought about that. Like how cool would it be if we had that extra sense, mm-hmm. you know, that would be, I think that would be neat. Although if we had it, we wouldn't think anything of it. We would be thinking it would be neat to feel things we didn't feel. <laughs> That's true. And uh, oh, uh, what about like the biohackers that get that uh, the magnet implant? Oh yeah. You know, I would. You could feel electromagnetic. That's shit. A, the the whole. Um... It's stupid, but it's a start. <laughs> to to become a cyborg. Right? Yeah. That's yeah. That's, that's the transhumanism. Point. That's the goal. I mean, as it stands right now, uh, body implants and body modification is really not something that I am into. No, that's uh, for losers. But <laughs> but biohacking, I think, is it's it's goofy now. I think, but it's going to be. I mean, those are the people who are going to start doing the real shit whenever like the, the actual opportunity arrives beyond just, uh, you know, glue in a RFID inside of your hand or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, yeah, we're definitely already seeing stuff with that. With like and Neuralink. The people who are able to control their prosthetics and stuff um, with their, with their mind. Uh, it's amazing. It, it is. Or, or like, um, yeah, there's there's just so much. It's pretty crazy now. We're, I think we're opening a Pandora's box. Like this, this has to go awry at some point Probably. or in some ways. But I feel like there's no stopping it. So I might as well be interested <laughs> in it. Yeah, it's. You can't go protest a general idea. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and unless you're just going to be some like dystopian like uh, fear monger sci-fi cult or something that abolishes technology or whatever yeah the the neo-luddites or if there's just a a huge um, solar storm that happens and uh, again you mean yeah just a huge electromagnetic pulse that wipes out all technology I mean that's entirely possible have you ever read about that old Earth shit, uh, ancient Earth or whatever? 
I, okay. All right. I, again, only know about this from like comedy podcasts and stuff, but, uh, I know that there's, uh, there are some theories like that are kind of like fringy theories that the earth is actually much older than we think. And that civilization is much older than we think. And that there were some more evolved, not like Atlantis, but more evolved societies that, that were wiped out due to a solar storm. So like a, an earth two kind of thing where it's, well, not really earth two, but like, a hard reset Mm -hmm, basically we do know that there was like a there was like a choke point on um humans like uh who weren't like sub-saharan african humans at some point and they think that that's that's one of the reasons that like these people are like old earth um is that every everybody got wiped out or most everybody got wiped out and then we repopulate it again don't ask me how the fuck they know that i don't know i'm not a biologist or archaeologist or i would think that it would be kind of my goal that i would try to sneak sneak something in to my my thesis on something just to see if it gets passed because nobody really knows like there are things that you can probably deduce but other things other things that are just deductions on deductions uh yeah and i would try to just sneak something and like rational versus empirical that they they had had a third dick or something Um, (laughs) what about the second one exactly like they lost they lost two at some point um, that would be a bad example because that would probably be something you could track down through uh, records, uh, fossils, and whatnot. Unless all their dicks were destroyed in the storm. Um, yeah. The solar storm. It's true. We've never we've never lived through one, so good. Good. <clears throat> never. I mean, we've never seen any fossilized dicks, so we don't know that there aren't three. Who's to say? Good shit. Uh, You said that you had. Oh, sweet. I wish I. I wish I could enjoy Halloween like I used to. Really, I love it so much. I mean, I I do too, and I love the idea of it. It's just like the past. Uh, it's going on four years now. I, the busiest time of the year is that season, and I, I legitimately can't do it. Oh, that sucks, man. Sounds like every every year when it comes around, it's like, oh, it'd be nice to like go meet up with everybody or go have a Halloween party or something. But I can't. So, for those of you who can't see this, I I found this. Uh, sign at the dollar store or dollar tree what's the one that's just a dollar uh everything's a dollar or it's a yeah everything's a dollar it's a dollar Uh, okay so there's there's, the dollar general which is not everything's a dollar and then then there's the dollar there's the tree this is the dollar tree tree. and so it said spooky on it 
but you're familiar with the spoopy meme. And so Tressa yesterday was able to match this paint and then repainted a P over top of the K for me. I, and I love it so much. I'm amazed because I was looking at it the whole time and I just thought that it came that way. Yeah, pretty, she's pretty incredible at color matching. <clears throat> but it says spoopy and I'm, I'm so happy with it. Cause I, that's what I wanted to do like a year or two years ago when I found this thing and now it's happening. All my dreams are coming true. And the question is, is the, is the paint glow in the dark? Damn it. It's not, <laughs> but now I need to make that happen. Oh, and then hold on, check this out. I know this is an audio podcast, but <laughs> fuck them. Is he going for now? So I found these guys at the dollar store and they were like, I don't know, they were like orange and shit. So I found this guy, the gold one was gold already, but then I painted these two. So my, my theme for this year is like black and white and then little like gold and silver accents. Oh, and nice. so, uh, so were yeah, they, so I, were they just all black or all white when you bought them? Uh, I don't even remember. I think they were like orange and brown. Oh, okay. And okay. so then I, I painted these guys and then nice and then so there's that you've been busy being crafty yeah just getting ready for the best night of the year it's just well, better than christmas better than easter well yeah the only thing i've been doing is just sorting my fucking magic cards which i'm pretty sure that i'm kind of done with uh as in terms of like buying as much uh, product as I used to, I'm just, eh, I'm just kind of over it. Push the pause button on it for a little bit. Yeah, which I mean, it wasn't helped by the fact that I've not really been able to do anything for about a year and a half because of the pandemic. Um, so now everything's back open, man. Yeah, yeah, and maybe maybe I'll start to go back um, to play some Friday night events or something. But, uh, we'll, okay, we'll get see. out of the house. Do something. Yeah, we'll see. Now that now that I'm all vexed up and everyone's able to be sucking and fucking again. Um, <laughs> Stay home if you sit. Come over if you sit. Mm. And if you're vaccinated. And if you're vaccinated, yes. There, there is a... Uh, not like there's a 30 to 40 percent chance that uh, that you are not so that that is definitely worth worth mentioning have you heard about the delta variant uh i have i don't know a whole lot about it um better off once 
Well, just seeing that um, seems like you could still get infected with it. However, from what they're saying so far is that um, all the Delta variant deaths are still, the vast majority are completely un, uh, unvaccinated, like entirely unvaccinated people. The deaths? Yes. Yeah. So. But not the incidents, right? No, I, not not as far as I could tell. You that's say, scary. Well, that's that's how the scary shit happens. Is not necessarily the virus itself, but the mutations from the virus. So, we just went no mask at work if you're unvaccinated, because the CDC said, you know, hey, it's okay. So we ran it past our lawyers, and they were like, yeah, okay, fine. And then now all this shit's coming out. I'm about the Delta variant and. So some of us are going back to masks, well, you know, voluntarily. Are you, so you still don't work from home at all? Or? No, no. We, I mean, I worked from home for like six weeks and then we, we uh, got back in, but it was all masks, social distancing, and we enforced it heavily. We were just sending people home. Mm-hmm. If we caught you twice within six feet of somebody home. Mm-hmm. Talk too loudly, home. Too quiet, home. Yeah, I mean, you, you've got to, though. Like, we we had a uh, super strict policy at, at our place, too. And it's some people need that, evidently, because some people are fucking stupid. It's just, it's so frustrating. There's, there's no way to talk about it that, that's not insulting because you should feel insulted. Yeah, you should feel insulted. We have a lot of people who, I guess, retired from the CDC in Atlanta who decided to come and work in a manufacturing facility on the production floor who are retired epidemiologists that uh, I, this whole time, I wasn't aware of. They're fucking brilliant scientists and no more than me from my one epidemiology class I had like I'm, I'm far more educated in it than them. And I know nothing. Mm-hmm. I don't remember shit from it, but they're fucking experts now. Mm. Yeah. It's well, I mean, and, and that's the thing though, you don't have to be an expert to know the basics. Is just it's the, the well, sound, I'm, I'm the, talking the, about the fucking people who are like who are like well these masks don't work and I'm like no I I read the study there's like there are like two studies that if you misread them can look like the masks are ineffective but they're not well and that's what I'm saying like you even if you don't have a background in it if you just read anything and those things will have links to the stuff you're citing and uh, largely the, the the general basis of that stuff it's it's not too hard to understand like they the num- they have the numbers it breaks it down and so you don't have to be an expert on it. you just have to fucking read and yeah. and not assume that it is false no and if there's a word that you don't know what it means then you look it up Mm-hmm. And you come back to it and keep reading. Uh, and it, it just it, 
it sucks and it makes it makes me feel shitty for thinking this way but here we are um that like you could i could have a screener question for people that i meet of just one question and i would be able to, to do so much about that person that i would just know whether or not i want to deal with them or not. And, and that really sucks but that one question seems to be so telling of so many things that i care about it's yeah it just blows my mind for me the thing that really really got me was that we chose to enforce the masks as a private company, not because the government told us to do it. We chose to do it like two days before the government said, you have to wear masks. Mm -hmm. And it, it's not, it's not big government overextending their reach. Like this is a private company that made a decision internally to do this. And if you don't want to do it, sell your labor somewhere else. We don't fucking need you. Mm. That, that was the thing that pissed me off. It's like, it's, it's also, let's say the whole fucking thing's a lie, right? Mm. And that they're just making us wear masks to torment us. Also, so fucking what? Mm. It's not that big of a deal. Or like, because the the whole mentality is freedom or whatever, but like the choice of wearing one. Like my one of my friends uh, was talking a couple of weeks ago about how he was um, going jogging or something and uh, in Louisville, and <clears throat> it was it was just shortly after um, the CDC said mask face is fine or whatever, but he still wanted to wear one. And so he had his on and uh, some guy, like, I don't, the way he described it, there was not really anybody else around. It was just him and this other guy uh, in, in in a park, but he just, he booed, the guy booed my friend, <laughs> just loudly booed him. Uh, for wearing a mask. Do you and tell him to fuck off? No, he's not confrontational. He was just doing his own thing, but uh, he just kept going. And it's just, why do you, why would you care so much about what other people are doing? I don't, I genuinely don't get it because I'm, I find myself irritated by so many things already that if I allowed myself to become bothered by the things that other people do that don't affect me, I would go insane. I would go fucking insane. Like, it doesn't matter. You're right. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. They don't matter. Right. It, but it, it's, yeah. I just, yeah, how it's much small, like, ineffectual people who have, who feel like they have no authority over their lives and they feel like this is just their last fucking stand and if if they they can squeeze some sense of power out of this stupid fucking molehill you know like that's that that their life will somehow be important or significant i and it's not none of us are it's just funny that it seems like um 
being 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 a genuinely obnoxious person to own the libs is such a I, it blows my mind that that's a thing like as if just being cool and amiable and friendly and stuff is a liberal trait i guess which like it just doesn't make any goddamn sense it's just no. why would you make it your goal to be an asshole no i i know i i mean I work with primarily engineers who tend to be conservative because of the way that their brains are structured, but they're also super logical. And so they'll read shit and they understand that if the science says X, then we should probably do X. And even like, you know, I know some of them that like don't want the vaccine yet because they don't know the long-term outcomes not because they think it has a chip in it, but because they're like, look, we, you know, I'm going to keep wearing the mask. I'm going to wait for a little while um, until we know what, what side effects there are. Fine. I totally get that. I totally get that. I understand that. That's, that's logical. But people that, that just think this like crazy shit, you know, where there's no evidence to suggest it, that, That's the kind of shit that aggravates me when it starts to affect my life. Well, yeah. And it, well, then there's a lot to be upset about because it, it has been for a long time because of these people's decisions. It's, it's impacted the rollout. It's impacted uh, how we've been able to get vaccinated, how long all this stuff has been lasting. Yeah. Uh, so because of these fucking like joke humans that are just standing in the way that we're trying to be polite to. Yeah. That, that's why we should have never been polite to anti-vaxxers before. Uh, we should not, we should not be kind to flat earthers, just people who just spit roadblocks the, to progress, spit in the face of observable science. Just, you don't have to, uh, you, like, you don't need to be an asshole, but you also don't need to entertain their premises. Yeah, yeah. Don't uh, don't don't say there are two sides whenever one of the sides is fucking crazy. Mm -hmm. You just you ignore those people and you move on. Right. Don't don't give them a platform, or or if for some reason they happen to have a platform, you don't you don't uh, entertain the premise of what you're talking about and you you make them a spectacle essentially yeah. but don't don't ever it shouldn't ever be framed as as the well i guess it's a 50 50 now whether or not yeah yeah death penalty or no death penalty yeah both we can have a conversation about those right they get equal airtime. flat earth or not flat earth we don't listen to this guy he's <laughs> right. crazy don't give him don't give him a platform uh yeah it'd be i was was reading or i was watching some video that was kind of breaking down the history of that and evidently like the whole flatter like, they they have had different names throughout the years but they've been around for decades and it's been a, like, a very very small niche group of them uh, just within I guess five to seven years. It just well, wasn't exploded. it a wasn't it like a joke at first? 
Because uh, I remember in high school, my English teacher telling us about this flat earth society that they called themselves that, but it was a debate group and, and they got together to, to, um, uh, like their, their hobby was like rhetoric and debate. And they use that as like a premise. Oh, now see, I don't, I don't doubt that there would have been groups like that that just call themselves something antithetical or something just for the basis of the conversation. It's a debate group. Um, but I think this group was always uh, like legit. Serious, yeah. Wow. But oh, but um, but again, they were always very very small until recently. And they exploded in popularity, which whatever. Um, what if they're right? Then, legitimately, my life does not change. <laughs> Neither does mine. Um. I, it would change the way that I have to think of and conceive from some things. And honestly, I would have, the only way that it would affect my life is uh, thinking that I'm gaslighting myself by my, the natural observations of how I think things work. But other than that, no, it's, no, it does not change anything. You're gaslighting I, yourself. I am never going to leave the planet. So, um, never? No, I, I can say that I'm never going to leave the planet because even if they have commercial interstellar travel or space travel, uh, I already know that I'm not going to be one of the people that are, is going to have the resources to do it. So that is going to be a rich boy's hobby. It might be super cheap in like 20 years. I That is the hope that some people have. I genuinely doubt it when things that are like necessities now still are not cheap for people that have been around for decades. Well, I mean, it's all like with economy of scale, if like if people more and more people start doing it, it's going to become cheaper and cheaper. And also as the, you know, as the, the um, uh, technology improves, it's going to become cheaper and cheaper. I just, I, I, maybe it's me being closed-minded. I just don't see it happening. And if it were to happen, like, I'm not going to get, uh, I'm not going to get on a fucking space taxi. Okay. No? Uh, no. Like, if it, if it gets, the point being, like, if, it, if the price gets down so low to where you have, uh, like, tons of different companies offering it, then I would not like you're going into space. There are three. There are already three that are working on it. And you're you're going into space, man. Like yeah. If, if it's not like getting a getting a bad taxi ride or something, or or getting uh, an Uber, or or d doing doing anything that incurs some risk, or like getting in a even a flight, like just an airplane. Is the um, FAA regulating any of this? That's a good question. I Who regulates know. this stuff? Uh, somebody needs to. Somebody else needs to tell uh, Bezos and Elon Musk to stop launching so many fucking satellites. I know they do like. Um, I know they do. They do like environmental um, risk assessments and stuff like that. And make decisions on like where and when to launch, based off of the environmental risk assessments. But I don't know if like 
Yeah. Who owns like outside? Surely somebody, there's some regulations, right? Although the FAA didn't have regulations on drones whenever they first started and they had to, they had to push pause on Amazon's um, drone delivery because of that. Cause FAA was like, Hey, we gotta, we have to develop some shit before you start doing this. Cause we don't know what to do. I mean, the, the internet has been a thing for 30 years and we still don't have proper walls on the internet. That's true. So that, and then again, this is another thing that would give me pause about in, in interstellar travel is that, if something goes sideways, then you're just dead in the vacuum of space. Well, really, but there's no such thing as sideways in space. <clears throat> but yeah, I don't. I. It, it does not. Tristan, because there's like because there's no up or down. I, I, I got it. I got it. But anyways, it, it does. It you get it? No, it doesn't interest me. Um, it can't go sideways. Because it's in space. Or everything is sideways. Really. If you want to think about it that way. I don't. <laughs> I don't. Uh, it, it so be... if they build if they build a space a station on the moon, there have been no error related fatalities. They've been doing it for ten years. You can pay like the price of a plane ticket and a Disney ticket. You can go up there. You can spend two days at the moon base and you can come back down. You don't do it for 200 bucks. Like Nick. Tristan. Tell me like walk through this. You want to go to Florida for two days and you want to stay in a Florida hotel for two days. That's Probably more dangerous than going to the moon. Indeed, probably. However, like cartels there. You're already you're already going to be spending like close to a thousand dollars just for a trip to fucking Florida. Now take that to the How moon. How much? Like for for a uh, depending on when you schedule your flight, that's already gonna be several hundred dollars for a round trip, regardless. At a minimum, uh, if you're if you get unlucky, then that's four or five hundred dollars for a ticket. To play. Uh, and then you have your hotel stay for a couple of days, uh, unless you're yeah, you're right. So like a trip to the moon is never going to be affordable for the for regular people. It's just not. It will eventually. I I disagree because then you're going to have a moon motel six and the moon motel six is going to charge exorbitant like this. Everything is going to scale up because it is a luxury. It's not a necessity unless, unless people start fucking living on the moon and then moon societies. Until more, more people start doing it. I I mean, you took macroeconomics, you know, like I still I still disagree. We th- there are millions of people who build computers, and computer components are fucking through the roof right now. So but that, why that are they through is, the roof? There are multiple reasons. One of them being cryptocurrency. But like that, that the point being, economies of scale don't always necessarily matter for things like that. But pro- profit margins always they they always drop over time. I mean, as as long as they have competition, they'll drop. 
I don't I just I just don't see it happening. Yeah. Some things are expensive because like the means of production are expensive or the raw materials are expensive. But like in industry, I mean speaking from from my experience, profit margins are are highly controlled, like frighteningly controlled by the by the manufacturers, by the whoever, you know, whoever your customer is. And uh yeah, I mean there's they know they know to the like tenth of a cent how much it costs for us to make our shit, how much the raw materials cost, and our profit margin is allowed to be at a certain percentage, or they drop us and send it somewhere else. We we I mean we already have answers for that now in terms of price fixing. Like that's why all all the cell phone bills are the same no matter what company you're going to. So there's nothing to say that the three companies or whatever can't just agree mutually agree uh silently to have things set at a certain price so that doesn't necessarily until they get busted and shut down that's that's not going to happen two of the three people that are involved uh this whole space thing are the two richest people on earth that's if they were going to start busting them for that shit they would start busting them for other shit right now currently not really happening because they buy power um, I mean, Bezos is already uh, getting a ten was it ten billion dollar uh, fund from from the government uh, for his his whole space thing. Um, like so, it, I am much more cynical about this. All right, let's just say that. I bet people had the same conversation whenever planes started started flying. Maybe, but the point is like the planes before have- we die, I bet you for what two hundred dollars is worth now, you'll be able to get a ticket to the moon. I I would take that bet. I'll uh, follow up with you in a few years. Um I'll follow up with you before we die. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's Joke's on you. I'm going to kill myself after this episode. <laughs> I guess that would make me right then. Oh, wait. <laughs> Never mind. I'm going to kill yourself. <laughs> um, no, like it, it's... Planes have a utility. They have a function because we still live... We, we are people who want to travel quickly and efficiently on the planet that we're on. So there's a necessity to go to places on Earth faster because the technology exists. But there's no there's no utility in going to the fucking moon besides to look at the fucking Earth. Like, no, there was no utility in going to California. Yes, there was because people, what? because people lived in California because there no. were things to do in California before people to lived, see in California before people lived in California. But there was never a time when airplanes was a thing. Like it's because it's not a necessity to get shiny stuff out of the ground, but there is right, but there is need to set up infrastructure to set up just even interstate travel. You're there's making a, my a, argument for no, me. I'm not, I'm making the exact opposite argument because there's a reason for people to travel to and from places safely and efficiently. There's not a reason to go to the moon until you go to the moon, and and then you there are was no reason. Go to the then, new world. 
then you're stuck into in a feedback loop where you've got to keep going to the moon because you've already been once and now you're already invested. Is that like no, but there's stuff there. You get moon dust, you can do cheese mining. Hey, no, no. There's no reason to ever leave the spot that you are. I mean, look, we humans got around forever without planes, but now because planes exist, there are there's an economy that's that's developed around the that there's an economy that now exists because planes exist that couldn't exist without planes right right but that doesn't change the fact of why people travel the the economy of that of of, of the, the economy of the technology and the implementation of it is totally separate and ancillary to the fact that there's a reason why people want to travel Mm -hmm. And there will always be people who want to go to the moon, but that's why it's just going to be a luxury because for a period not, of time, because there's not a need to go to the moon. You don't not need to go yet. to the moon. You don't need to go to California. I could, I personally don't need to go. To all California. your couch, all your food is right there. <laughs> so you have no reason to go to California. Personally, like I've, I've only been on a few flights in my life. So like, airplanes are not something that i do a whole bunch but um you know some people some people definitely do and even then it's still not cheap to go on an airplane it can uh, be <laughs> well i mean it depends on what you're willing it, to do it, it, it can i'm not trying exactly. to be just i'm not trying to be intentionally difficult but like we we use uh, Sun Sun Valley, I think, is the name of it, and you can get a trip to Oregon for like a hundred bucks. So I don't I don't know what that is, but it, it's a that, shitty airline. Yeah, if you make if you're willing to make concessions in terms of like the quality of the airline or how much how many people they pack in or like any fees with your luggage or whatever, you know. Um, you're going to be a lot less comfortable and maybe looking over your shoulder a bit about whether or not the plane's going to fall apart. But there are ways to make it cheaper, for sure. And also, if you already have the resources to fly a whole whole bunch, then you get discounts because you spend so much. Mm -hmm. So it's not really, it doesn't really track to each individual person. Because the average person, if we're talking about making it cheap for everybody, is not going to be a frequent flyer for space. Not in the beginning. Well, I, I, I encourage anybody to, uh, to to let us know what their thoughts are on this because I, I uh, my my cynicism for for how things are playing out on Earth is only amplified when thinking about the void of space. There's nothing you need up there yet, but there will be. And, and I will concede that if, if it happens that there is something that I need on the moon, then I will try to go. You and I, before we die, are gonna take a trip to the moon. Trip to the moon. Or at least into space. <clears throat> Just like a reverie round trip or you're just going I'm, I'm coming back <laughs> why would you leave if you just want to come back why don't you just stay 
you could make that same argument about Destin, Florida. Trust me, I do. <laughs> you do want to stay in Destin, Florida? No, I do make that argument. Why not just stay and not go to Destin, Florida? That was the that was the vacation spot when my parents, like when I was growing up in, in my parents' house, that they wanted to go to every fucking year is Destin, Florida for like seven years. Okay, can I can I ask you a question? Am I am I being am I Tressa Tressa thinks that I'm I'm a little bit smug about this and also that like okay let's say that you have a thousand dollars to spend on a vacation, right? You're going by yourself or you're going with someone else and you guys have two thousand dollars to spend, right? You can go to, you can go to Vegas with that money. You can go to Destin, Florida or Myrtle Beach with that money. Or you can go to Italy with that money. Which do you choose? Or I'll give it, I'll give a fourth option. I, uh, Iceland, right? So, so given given that they're the same cost, you know, maybe, maybe if you go to, to Italy, like you get a little bit less nice of a hotel. And, and if you go to Destin, you get a little bit nicer hotel, but let's say for a thousand dollars, you can do, you can do any of those. And trust me, that's, if you get on Groupon and I've done it like six times now, that's not unrealistic. Mm -hmm. So, so let's say you, you do that. All right. You have those four options. Which do you choose? So I, you've set me up in this proxy war about why you're upset that Tressa doesn't want to go overseas. No, no, no. Okay. That's not it. That's not it. No, no. Um, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't choose Myrtle Beach or Destin. Uh, I may choose Las Vegas, but I may choose Iceland. I'm not really interested in Italy very much. Um, I'd, I'd prefer to go to Japan, honestly. Japan? But, okay, so, like, well, Japan is, like, crazy expensive to get there. It is. But but I, I get your point, I think. But so Although, I guess not because you said that that wasn't your point. Um, what is your point? Well, so, I just, when I hear people talking about, like, three years in a row, they go to, uh, you know, Oh, Tallahassee or something and or, or Disney World and like which is which is cool like Disney is cool but but if you can go for the same amount of money or a similar amount of money and see like something really crazy that you've never seen before unless you've got like three kids I get it like you need to know where everything is and you you know I get that but if you don't, let's say you don't have, you don't have like three kids that you're trying to, to handle. It's the same price. Mm -hmm. Like, why would you not go to Iceland? Why would you not go to like just somewhere wild, you know, that you've never seen before so, or somewhere with a lot of history or something like you've got 70 years if you're fucking lucky, right? Like, wouldn't you rather see the Parthenon than see like that fucking tank top store in Destin? There are, um, 
there are people who prefer to eat the same meal at every restaurant that they go to. Um, there, yeah, there are people that will watch the same movie uh, that they've seen over and over again, as opposed to watching something new. It's some people are just kind of wired that way. I, as someone who is kind of like that, I can kind of understand to an extent. There's a whole lot. The anxiety of choice is severely diminished when you know or have a general expectation of the returns, and you know what you're getting. Um, so some people see uh, uh, the same fucking play over and over again maybe a different production or something but it's the same play it's the same fucking play for a hundred years yeah but um i don't know there's there's something comforting in, in knowing what to expect i guess and for me conversely to think about going overseas sometimes i would want i might want to go overseas but sometimes even if i had if I, in this scenario, had double the money to spend overseas and half the money to spend in the States, I don't know if I would choose overseas because there's a whole, depending on where you go, especially, there's a lot of other hoops to go through, like maybe potential language barriers. Where am I going to travel once I'm there? Like, how am I going to get around? Um, and then with the language barriers, how am I going to communicate with people while I'm trying to travel? And like, there's a whole lot of other variables that make it stressful. Stressful. Like there's a lot of anxiety. In that kind of yeah. So, that would be enough stress for you to be like, not worth it right now. Or at least like maybe not by myself, maybe if I'm with somebody else, but like yeah. I could, I could take a trip by myself somewhere. Sure. Um, but that, that's just me kind of explaining from my point of view about why some people might choose to do something like that. That makes sense. I just, I, Tressa says that she says that a lot of people are not driven by novelty in the same way that I am. That's true. And I am very much driven by novelty. I'm, I'm, I'm very easily bored, <laughs> which is why I have a hard time being consistent. And, uh, I just, if I given the opportunity to see something that I've never seen before, even the location doesn't really matter. It's just that like those places seem exotic, but like, let's say there are 10 places within an hour drive of here. And I've been to five of them. I want to go to number six. I don't want to go back to number four. Mm. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Yeah. I, I don't, it sounds like it gets expensive, but I guess if we're talking about the same price, it's not more expensive or less expensive but yeah i i do get novelty to an extent but i i don't have that compulsion nearly as bad no no um because it does become a lot to to kind of keep up it feels like you're keeping up with something you know like you it's a compulsory i i i need to go here right here or it is or, and it's like i it is a compulsion it's like i don't want to again i've got i make myself anxious about a whole lot of other things already it's like 
that that's a lot of stress for me to take on to feel like I have to go somewhere. Yeah. But that's, that's just me. I, I, I totally understand that other people are wired differently. No, I have a, I have this compulsion to like more more more, like to keep pushing whatever it is that I'm doing right now until it breaks. Like that's, that's how I do things. It's how I've always done things. Like I didn't even, I, I never, I didn't know that there wasn't another way, which is why I was an alcoholic for years because I was like, well, this feels good. This will feel better. Oh, that felt good. This will feel better. I mean, the, there is something to be said for finding, finding happiness wherever you are, you know, wherever you happen to find yourself. I've uh, never done that. I mean, it's, it's hard for me to do sometimes, but it's a good skill to try to learn because sometimes you're not going to be able to go. To yeah. Do. Well, I mean, I, I meditate almost every day, 10 to 10 to 20 minutes, sometimes 30 minutes in an effort to try to help that. But just the way I'm wired, man, it's so, it's so difficult for me. Restraint. Yeah. What about, um, what about like, uh, making, making yourself go on an abstinence for a couple of years to abstain from going somewhere new? And we didn't, we haven't gone anywhere this year Okay. on account of the Rona. Yeah. Well, really last year or this year. Yeah, that's just true. And I get like some of like, like, so we, we stayed at the same hotel last year that we did on our wedding night. And we're staying there again this year, like for sake of ritual, you know, the way that I'm wired ritual, like I totally get stuff like that. I can appreciate, but I think it's just like with, yeah, I don't know. Novelty. Novelty really drives me, really drives me. Cause I just see, it's like, it's like FOMO. It's, this is intense fear of dying and never having been to Japan, you know, or, or dying and never having gotten to experience, you know, whatever, some, you know, weird cave or something that I've always wanted to go to. Antarctica is like huge on my bucket list. I've always wanted to go there. And that's like, it, it's like an intrusive thought that I have like almost once a day. Well, not to, not to exacerbate that, but you better go there while it's still there. (laughs) I'm going to wait. Whole thing's going to be gone. I'm going to wait until they've got, uh, Warmer beaches. It's gonna we'll be give it a couple of years. It's gonna be Antarctica because it ain't there no more. You get, you get it? Uh, <laughs> it'll still be there. I mean, it's a huge landmass. It's just nope. a lot of it'll be melted. All gone. Nope. All gone. It'll probably be inhabitable. No. Nope. By then. All, all, all gone. All, all gone. No. Um. 
you know, it, that, that's probably, in some ways, that's probably healthier than um, the FOMO that companies would prefer that you play into, of like products, uh, movies, or video games, or yeah, I have more of like an experience FOMO. Mm -hmm. And then you gotta fuck in all these new places, and you gotta <laughs> fuck in different ways. Um, you gotta fuck on the way there. Um, you gotta fuck on the way back. Mm -hmm. Because yeah, each one of those is a new experience. Now, um, but yeah, that that's probably uh, in a lot of ways healthier than just uh, compulsory consumption. But although it's consumption, still just of a different kind. Really. Yeah, yeah, it is of a different kind. Because I'm that way with food too. Like if I see a new food product that's like unusual, or so not like if it's a new brand of mustard, but you know what I mean. Like if it's uh, if it's if there's like garlic flavored yogurt, <laughs> and I know it's going to be gross, I still have to try it. Cause I'm like, well, this is fucking weird and I'm never going to have another opportunity to taste this shit. Well, I, I do that sometimes with, um, with like individually packaged foods or something like that. Or like, yeah. But like generally that the people that like order the same thing every time they order, eat a lot of the same foods, that's me. But like, because like, I'm the kind of person who, if I were to ex get bold and experiment with a dish that I'm making, I would just be pissed off if I didn't like it because I wasted all that time in making that. And now I'm still hungry, but I don't have anything to eat uh, except for all this stuff that I don't want to eat. And yeah. Then it's a, it's a whole thing. Um, and I'm just irritated that I just didn't go with a basic whatever. Yeah, I get, I get that. And that's kind of it's kind of lower stakes, isn't it? It is. It is. It's not like your entire vacation getting ruined or something like. No, I mean like. Or getting like raped and forced into human trafficking. Yeah, a lot. But a lot of things are lower stakes than that generally. Um, that that's a pretty high bar in terms of you know life-altering things. I don't know where you're going with that. But. Oh, well, I just, I tend to like, I tend to often act without thinking through on some things that I should. Mm. Um, but so far it hasn't gotten me killed or anything. But. Well, that's why we need to talk about this whole lunar boner you have. I wanted the lunar boner name of the episode. <laughs> I just want to see it. I want to see it. I want to know what it's like. I, I, I don't it. know. And I'll go when it's dangerous. I don't care. This I'm such a homebody and I get that. And like I it's hard for me to like pump the brakes when I'm talking with certain groups of friends who like they like they want us to all get together and like go camping or go uh go hiking or go uh canoeing and it's like 
I don't want to do any of those things. Why would we all get together and do the worst things? No, um, I want to go to the moon by myself. But but my, my point I don't want is, to go to spend time with some people. My my point is like I, it's very homebody with me, and I get that. But it's like it's kind of the same reason. Like, why would you go to a strip club? There's just free porn online. Like, why would you? go through the whole rigmarole of going in person, going, paying all this money. It's just, it's just right there. So if like, if I want to see the moon, it's right there. It's, it's online. I can see pictures of it. I can see better pictures of it. Um, than generally you would probably be able to, even if you were there, that's not the same experience. It's not, I know that. And I get that. But generally the point is like, you don't get to fill the moon's boobs on your face. And there's a whole experience of like, being uh in zero g and then in lower g when you're there yeah. but like if it's just like seeing the grand canyon i can see the grand canyon right now and i it's it's not the same thing but like it doesn't compel me like it does some people yeah to, to travel to go there because it's just like well i'm here now nah, now what like i i would feel like i would want to go to an amusement park or something because that's an experience like go on roller coasters or go on these rides but like just going for the sake of seeing something it's not to say that i'm not moved by seeing beautiful things in person well i think that's different that's just a matter of like personal taste like what interests you like a big hole in the ground maybe doesn't interest you but i'm talking more about like the sort of like just go to the same place all the time sort of mentality gotcha. versus you know i mean i guess like if you went to england every year you know the same city i think i guess i would i would feel similarly mm -hmm. but there's something about like myrtle beach where you're kind of like it kind of makes you roll your eyes a little bit right well yeah i mean because because that is just one of the places it's one of the tourist traps to go to because now, now that my parents are retired, like they keep taking these like vacations, but it's to these just, it's just these places they've been that are just like, it's that kind of shit, like Destin and Dolphin Island and stuff like that, which is like cool. I mean, it's nice that they're like, they're retired and they're going places, but like, why wouldn't you, like, you've never been to Connecticut, like go to Connecticut. Mm -hmm. No, and I, yeah, I, I do agree with that. Like, cause like my, my parents go destined every, every fucking year, sometimes two times a year. And at, at a certain point, yeah, I would want to go to Vegas or I would want to go to Hollywood just to see, just to see what's there. Um, so I do, I do have that experiential desire to, to go see certain things. Um, it's just it's my like my threshold is a lot more, like lower. Like I, yeah. I don't have that drive as strong. But um, but yeah, in terms of going overseas, um, there's just more hurdles for me personally, in, like getting your passport. Um, it's just kind of annoying. Yeah. 
It is. And the, the flights are kind of a bitch. Yeah. I, I hate flying, dude. Look at this. Look at, look at these shoulders. Oh, yeah. Look sure how fucking wide I am. And this is like how wide the seats are. Mm-hmm. And so I have to sit like this. Like seriously, I have to sit like this for like however long I'm in the great blue yonder. Oh yeah, it's it sucks. I've not had to play too many times, but um, yeah, it's it's a bad way. I, I it's really hard to get optimal seating like that because I'm broad shoulder too, and just a bigger guy in general. And it's just. It's annoying. Yeah. It, it's it's every every stereotype that is, has been joked about for decades. It's true. I got bumped up to business class once, and it was fucking awesome. Because uh, I got to I got to put my arms on the armrests instead nice? of instead of lean forward like this. Instead, yeah. Uh, maybe if you're lucky, you'll get one armrest. Yeah. yeah. If you're lucky, or I can go like this. this is- and just stay like that, arms behind your head for several hours. But yeah, um, but yeah, no. It, to, to to summarize, I can I can kind of understand um, people's wanting to uh, have reruns in their life. I guess. Yeah, but, Tressa also. She was like, "It's a little it it." it feels a little bit classist and i'm like i i was telling her i'm like i'm not talking about like i've never been to italy and shit i'm i'm just saying like i'm using it as an example of like somewhere that has a lot of history or somewhere that there's like or even just somewhere you've never been before you know like if you could go to like like disney world where you've been six times or you could go to like dinosaur world or something you know mm-hmm. like just checking out something you've never seen before like that's that's what it is for me it, it kind of like as, aspects of it comes off as a little bit classes but i know it's totally unintentional and it's because it's it's a incongruity with yeah. what you want and how what what drives you compared to what drives these people yeah uh, so it's just it's a it's a uh mis, mismatch of these desires and expectations and everything and you just you genuinely don't get it um no. which is fine because they don't they don't get why you want to go out of these places. yeah um so so it's like you're trying to force you're trying to force your paradigm into their heads of why they would do these things. And it, it, you're never going to get an answer with that. It's infuriating. <laughs> it's not infuri- It's infuriating that like, I can't understand. I never will. And I have to accept that. Well, I mean, it's, I think the important thing would just be, because it's it's kind of a form it's it's kind of just egocentrism just because you're putting yourself into everybody else just part of that is kind of what we're talking about before just taking a step back and appreciating people doing their own things and not i can't i I have no theory of mind 
Mm. Uh, well, how so? What do you mean? Well, like that's a that's a an, a big struggle with for people with ASD is theory of mind. Like I can't, I can't, I can't form a model of how you think through things. I feel like if I know something or I think of something in some way that everyone else does as well. Mm -hmm. It can be hard to not fall into that trap. So there's this famous study and um, they, they bring these kids in and they tell them, okay, um, there's a, uh, there's a, a, a big, uh, like a covered basket and, uh, um, how did this study go? Okay. So there's like, there's a, a, a ball, right. And there's, there's, uh, the ball is sitting out in one picture and then in another picture, like the ball is in a basket inside the, inside of the basket. And so, like they show the kids like, okay, the ball is out. And so Jane comes in, uh, where does Jane think the ball is? And so the kids are all like, she thinks it's on the ground next to the basket. And so then they, they put the ball in the basket and they tell the kids, okay, so, you know, the ball is in the basket. Where does Jane think the, the ball is? And the autistic kids all go, Jane knows that the ball is in the basket. Mm-hmm. So you, and the kids saying, who don't are like, she doesn't know where the ball is. So what you're saying is that you believe that the ball, you, you believe that Jane believes that the ball is in the basket. I assume that Jane knows that the ball is inside of the basket because I, it's hard for me. That's an extreme example. And obviously, like I've learned around that. You know what I mean? It's... But, that's still my like it's kinda, that's it's kind of weird i don't know like i <clears throat> i'm assuredly on the spectrum somewhere like that's not a question in my mind however like the whole people's perspective type thing and like understanding people's thought processes and how they arrive at certain things or just getting feels from certain people. Mm-hmm. Like that's not really something when I was a kid, I think it was very, very hard, but it's something that I've gotten. Like I'm, I think I'm pretty good at intuitive. Good workarounds. Um, well, there are like four categories on the spectrum and that's something you might be good at, you know, and something mm-hmm. I might be worse at. Um, but, but yeah, I think, I don't know. That's just something that, that I've been better at. But I, yeah, I think it. I don't know what the workaround would be, but maybe maybe you could find one. Like for the, the help. I'm sure I could. It's just it's it's difficult. You know, some like eighty yeah. percent of people on the spectrum are atheists, and um, they speculate that the reason why is because we can't or have difficulty imagining like even just our neighbor's mind. And so to imagine like some sort of conscious being outside of ourselves is just 
it's unfathomable. Like our brains can't do that. Mm. We can't create that myth. Uh, I mean, yeah. Uh, to be fair, though, like to conceive of somebody who is inc- incorporeal, who I- exists and what their mind state is, that that's probably a lot for an autistic person to, to do or someone on the spectrum. But to be fair, any rational person, there's a lot of hoops you could, you're going to have to jump through in order to conceive of somebody who not only exists, but has has the supposed power and abilities that this person would have. Like to have a rational mind and conceive of somebody who can create a universe and create biology like to you you'd have to be uh, i'm not you know i don't want to delve too much into that but like that is a huge logical hurdle for non-autistic people i would think outside of compartmentalizing that as faith so i just had an opportunity um, two weeks ago to interview, uh, Dr. R.T. Mullins, um, absolutely brilliant philosopher and theologian. Uh, he's about our age, uh, studied at, uh, Cambridge and, um, Oxford. I mean, fucking smart dude. And he, he, I, I've listened to his podcasts and stuff, but I've never, I've never had an opportunity to on his podcast and stuff. He always speaks about things like from a distance. He never, he never gives his beliefs. And so I actually got to ask him like what he thought about stuff. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I asked him for you, what is like the biggest, what's the most convincing argument that there is a God and, uh, He used, he used this one particular argument and I'm not going to be able to, to articulate it again, but he's, he's, he sounded so confident for someone who, who is so rational and just brilliant, but brilliant, but like down to earth in a way that I've never, a combination in, in, in someone I've never seen before. You know what I mean? Mm. Like it was like talking to you. Like he's he's not like just crazy off in you know la la land. Like he's very down to earth and and really incredibly good at like making things simple and stuff. But hearing him, how comfortable he was, like saying that he was just so certain that there was a God. So he is religious. He he wasn't. I, I wasn't sure at first if he was just making an argument for someone who was religious. No, no. He is. A, he's a theologian, and he is. A, he's a um, minister who's like in what's his, what's it called? He doesn't. He doesn't practice, but uh, he's like whatever. You know, he's like a minister in in like. Uh, uh, sort of a, a more liberal 
branch of Christianity. Okay. But he believes in God. He believes in the incarnation. He believes in, um, he believes in, kind of believes in intercessory prayer, like shit that like a lot of Southern Baptists believe in. What is that like? Is that like the the power of prayer? Is that mean? That, that if you if you request something, that God will grant you a favor. Oh, the genie theory. Okay. Yeah. Some he said some days he does, some days he doesn't. But he he said he started it with was really funny because it's what I always say, which is well today I think that you know or today my belief is well I mean that kind of kind of lends credence to what I was was saying that you have to be very like it would be very hard to articulate that and I think that he would be probably one of the few people who would be able to do that like it's but even then like I I would be interested in hearing his answer about some, some of these things because I feel like unless you just have an astounding knowledge or, or inner conceptualization of your own philosophy on everything, on existence, that there's just too many contradictions or too many uh, assumptions that you would have to make about things in order to assume that there is a God. Well, his, his work primarily has been on um, models of God, which is um, sort of a, you know, it's, it's a step beyond, you know, is there a God? It's assuming that there is a God. What does God look like? Um, oh, so not like... Like, what are the traits of God? Not like sexy calendars? Okay. <laughs> no, not like God models. Yeah. Uh, but there... He said that there are like, there are tons and tons of arguments for God, but there's one using logic. Um, if you give me just a moment. Um, what is it? It's like ontological. What are the different types of logic? Jeez, I do not know. like mathematical logic, you know what I mean? But I know that this one starts with the the premise that the first question is, is, is it possible that there's a God? Okay. Is it? Is it possible? Well, are you asking me or are you saying that that's one? Uh, both. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm agnostic, so yeah, I have to acknowledge that there's a possibility for me. Okay. So if, okay, modal logic. So using modal logic, which distinguishes between necessary truths and contingent truths. Hold on. Okay, in most common semantics for modal logic, many possible worlds, many possible worlds, a truth is necessary if it is true in all possible worlds. So if in one possible world, if it's possible that God exists, then God does exist. That's the, 
that's the argument. But after, like when he, when he said it, I was like, okay, I'm kind of following you. And then I lost it. But after I went back and, and reread this argument, and I, again, I've forgotten it since then. It, it, to me, it kind of seems like that the, that with this, what is it, Girdle's, Girdle's ontological proof, it just seems like they're just, he's just sort of found this gap in the, in the logic formula in order to, to prove this. It doesn't seem like that. It's keep, on, an, keep on a workaround. Yeah. That doesn't mean that there's a God. Yeah. And yeah, but that was, he said that was the one that for him was the most convincing. So kind of, kind of, I don't know. It, it's kind of like using a mathematical proof of uh, theoretical mathematics to prove something and then have that as a basis for your belief structure. Like, there, there are three theoretical uh, mathematical equations and stuff that can, that can prove through proofs a lot of things. Um, so I, but I think that's a fallacy to use that as actually you believing. Like, you, you can mathematically prove that there is a God. Um, but you know what it reminded me of? A fucking nerd. What? No. You know what it made me think about, though? Oh, so you, hold on two seconds. Okay. Fucking roach. <laughs> oh, that sucks, man. God damn. Sorry. Go ahead. What did it make you think of? You might just hang up after I say this, but you have, you've got like this, you've got this abstraction based on an abstraction, based on an abstraction, you know, all based on this one premise that a God exists. And so if that God exists, then yeah, all these sort of, all these different theories and stuff about God totally makes sense. Everything he's saying is rational. I even just, I bought his book. I just started reading it. But that's all based on the assumption that this God exists. Otherwise it's just a house of cards. Right. right? Yes. And you know what it made me think about? What? Math. That is not the same. Thing. It's not the same thing. Just a similar design in that like math falls apart if you pull out the original axioms on which it's built and it just kind of it gave me that same feeling i was like oh fuck this is the same problem that i had with math and that bertrand russell had which coming around he's a famous atheist philosopher so how about that but the problem of that is that the problem with god is that he is he is not directly observable. He is intangible. He's incorporeal. With so math, is math. Math itself is, but we can express math through applied things like physics. And we can actually have experiments where math plays out. And so the theories of math are supported, even though it is intangible. Oh, uh, through like physics. how we can see God in, in the natural universe, in the natural no. sciences. 
No. Is that what you mean? No, it's not. It's not the same thing. That's why those two things are, are not, they're not the same thing. Uh, semantically, you can make an argument for it, but it's a very weak argument. It's very bad and you shouldn't do it. <laughs> well, it's just troubling to me. The whole thing is troubling to me that it's, that it's just. Man, we, we are just little ants scurrying around trying to make sense of things the best we can. Don't say that. That's an argument for God. That, 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 that Don't say not, that one. That, that's not an argument for God. We, we are hmm. just, we are just. No, that's as, one that I've heard before. As a, as a species, and I think, I think kind of. Like ev- ants ev- trying to understand the internet. We can't understand God's plan. No, ev- like evolutionary psychology probably back this up. Like part of where we are evolutionarily is because of where, well, us trying to make sense of our natural world and trying to make, that's why science was developed anyway. Like in the first place, it's just try to make sense of the natural world. We have an instinct, a drive to do that as a species so did you say feces yes as a, as a feces we try to, to to parse all that stuff out that's why you're listening to through being cool but because we are not uh perfect beings and perfect that that is getting really religious because we we, we are in god's eye because we we have we have meat for brains and we're not com- perfect com- uh, computers that uh know everything we are not able to i guess have a four-dimensional kind of outsider view looking into the the fishbowl about what's happening in the universe all we have are just assumptions and so math is a theory physics like all of these things religion is a theory we're just trying our best so they are all fallible but that's kind of the point we, we're just doing the best we can. yeah well i just i just always thought that math was like <laughs> magical I just, I had this like magic feeling about it. Like it was just this sort of, just this indefeatable force, undefeatable force that just like this, if anything is true, it's this. And that's not the case. (laughs) Nothing is true. I mean, take, take solace in that. Take solace in that. Um, that there the the only absolute is that there are no absolutes really like there's there's an exception for everything and that finding i get a hard on for finding contradictions it's like trying to find workarounds and things that break the rules for things no like, i i love doing that um, i need the rules it's part of what like i try to keep in check to 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 kind of balance out like my contrarian nature <laughs> so it's an it's, it's an effort sometimes but like i like to try to find it it makes things more interesting if you know as, as being on the spectrum i want to be know what the rules are too i need a, a structure a system to work within but i also want to find flaws and loopholes within that system too that's fun for me. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> I want it to be clean and simple. Want I want simple rules. You want perfection. Yes. That's why you want the basilisk. That's terrifying. <laughs> I want I want perfection. I don't uh, want things to be messy. Order. So you you would be one of the transhumanists who would uh, just push for uh, artificial intelligence to like kind of co-opt us and make us into perfect beings or whatever. Yeah, you would you would flip that switch. The Uber match, a hundred percent. I would flip that switch every Jesus time. Christ. I kind of I kind of have. Uh, we talked about it on the the episode, the last episode, but I I kind of have these like fascistic leanings you don't say that kind of scare me um yeah we Tresla and i joke about it a lot but it's kind of concerning well we'll just have to make sure that you're never in a position of power to you know to to be able to throw that switch well no it would actually be really great though because i would do a good job because i know exactly the way that things should be done though so yeah that's a joke right it's okay yeah i you know they they all they all think they're doing a really good job i'm sure i nobody nobody likes to think that they're doing a bad job that's true uh but yeah i i would say wanting to conscribe the entirety of the human race into ai is a is a bit of a fascist with leaning thought yeah <laughs> i'm working on that that's good but see that is part of it probably comes with the theory of mind thing because i feel like i know what's best well if you for know everyone if you know what's best for yourself then yeah that then it'll work for everyone uh just control uh control c control v v v v v v v for everybody <laughs> just paste it all to everybody it'll make the world so much nicer it clean would make, it would make the world exactly as you are all buildings are white or different shades of blue or gray what about your gray i thought you gray's liked- fine you can you can have individuality just within a set of constraints <laughs> just so that things aren't garish and unpleasant to look at well i'm sure the the ai would be able to find the most pleasant things and I'm, yeah i'm well but then again if if it were an ai who's able to deduce all possibilities and the best examples of things i feel like that the perfect being would just choose the best place to travel and just go there every time not every time every time because why would they choose a suboptimal location they would make the best choice they would eat the best meal every time you're blowing my fucking mind <laughs> that I mean that well I maybe that maybe that's what drives me i think that is what drives me though is being able to find the optimal thing and then continue to do that thing. Maybe. But I never find the optimal thing. Maybe. That, that tracks. That's possible. Because it was like, find the most amount of alcohol that I can drink <laughs> to feel the best. 
but I never found it. Well, so I just kept trying. Uh, I, I think you found it and that it was, it was, it was not good. I, cause that would imply that you would still be searching and I don't think you're still searching. For that. No, I quit because I realized <laughs> that there was no optimal amount. Mm. And so maybe vacations, I'm not going to be happy until I get to the moon unless I'm disappointed with the moon. Uh, I, I kill say, myself. <laughs> um, well, maybe, maybe you just were on the bad part of the moon. Maybe you got to wait until they have a, a better base on the moon. That's at a different place. That's a good point. Cause we don't, I wonder if like the light side of the moon is better than the dark side of the moon. Uh, it would probably be the most efficient to build on. Yeah, reasons. probably better hotels and stuff. Yeah, you don't want to go. To, yeah, well, sure. You might sure. want to build like in the in the Umbra, right? So you can like go back and forth. Hmm. Well, again, I don't think it's really going to be a problem that we're going to have to solve, or will be solved within our lifetimes. But yes, I, I think circling back around, I, I think that. Uh, the whole point of humanity is the, the the beauty in being wrong and the beauty in imperfection. Like I'm not a religious person, but um, being making be, being an AI would just kind of suck all the humanity out of humanity. Being you techno fascist. Oh, well. I see that. I see that argument. <laughs> I get it, but I just feel like it would just still. I feel like we're we're like the teenagers. We're like this is we're like the in the weird, awkward middle school phase of existence. And it's messy and we shit and we vomit and we fuck and we just need to get to the butterfly, you know, well, which I realize the metaphor falls apart because butterflies do all those things as well. But you know what I mean? Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I, I really don't know how, where else I could take that metaphor. Uh, but I feel like we're at a we're at a divergent fork in our history where there's there's a lot of way, like a lot of ways we can screw up any of this stuff that we're on the cusp of achieving. Oh God, yeah. So, I'd say we're more likely to fuck it up and destroy ourselves than we are to do it right. Yeah, agree. But, Let me ask a question. Were you about to say something? I was just going to say that. That's just my sentence. Do you think that we can teach AI to appreciate the messiness? If AI is based on us, it's not going to be perfect, right? And you and I, we think of computers as like input, output. Like computers are perfect. They do exactly what you tell them to do. But really, if you think about it, like 
they're not per they still fuck up in ways that like we can't understand why it fucked up i i mean i i didn't mean i could just make make a marvel joke i guess um but patrick's not here to back me up on that um i would say that you uh, anything with ai i guess is is within the realm of possibility because there's so much we don't know about it's impossible for us to conceive of what the possibilities are with it because that's kind of the point is it just takes over and does it for itself um but i think from does it makes sense what i'm asking yeah but from from my perspective of where where i am right now about computer learning and differences in between humans and ai is that you could probably teach ai you can you can make them learn and know that imperfections are part of what makes humanity humanity or what what what's what imperfections are necessary for some things to be better or beautiful or whatever but i don't think the sublime i don't think you could teach them you can teach them to know that but i don't think you could teach them to understand that if that makes sense they can know it as a fact but not understand what it means well to, in, in order to be able to act upon it. do you think that they do you think that we can get to the point where ai is actually sentient that uh where I, it's aware of is I, I think i i don't really understand the meaning of the word sentient but you know what i mean i mean i would i would where it's like self-aware I, I believe that's definitely possible i mean um I've I've seen some examples that are like pretty pretty interesting to look at that aren't aren't completely sentient, but it's kind of eerie. So I think that it's definitely possible, but I don't think that uh, even if they if even if they do become sentient, I don't think that that would uh, that doesn't intrinsically make them uh, imperfect or whatever. They, I don't think that they would be able to still understand the nature of imperfections. Um, because they're still a machine. There's their machine that knows that it's a machine or it's a, it's a program that knows it's a program, but it doesn't just the knowledge that you, the knowledge of what you are, doesn't mean that you are automatically con, cons, uh, conscribing things and adopting things from humans like just because if, if a machine knows or a program knows that it's a program why would that automatically introduce imperfection to its system why wouldn't it why wouldn't it be just oh no okay. no that wouldn't automatically that wouldn't automatically uh my question is can we teach the can we teach these concepts of beauty can we teach the concept of of like sublime of, of being perfect in imperfection to to ai 
Yeah. And I think that, well, I'll tell you kind of why, why I was thinking that because they're still going to have to inter interact with the natural world. Right. Sure. Yeah. And we find that beauty, not just in humans, but in the natural world. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it's amazing to see like a mama cub with her mama bear, mama cub, mama bear with her, with her cubs and like taking care of them because we know how ugly they can be. Right. Mm -hmm. And we know that they shit and they vomit and they eat, they eat their cubs sometimes. And like, we know because all this horrible shit happens that that's what makes this beautiful. And so the, I just, I, I was thinking like, could they not learn? Could they not, could we not train them to appreciate that in the same way that we do? No, I think, I think this, this is just an extrapolated version of what you do to other people already. What's, think, <laughs> what's that? I, I think you're, you're imprinting how you know and think and see things onto this AI. I think that you could teach, I think you could teach that things are beautiful because they're imperfect or that imperfections make beauty or uh, whatever. Or You think you could teach it to repeat that, I think but not could, to actually appreciate it? I is that what you're saying? I think you could teach them that that is how it is, that that is true. Uh -huh. But not, I don't think you could teach them to understand what that means in order, like, in terms of, like, um, being able to see something independently of anybody else and just or, or to create something uh ai can create things and other people might may find it beautiful but to actually truly understand what it, it means to be imperfect and why that is beautiful i don't think we can teach the why because that is something that they have no experience with they have no relationship to any aspect of that part of humanity well what is the why that's something that i don't think that we can really explain either i for me it kind of boils down to i don't know it's all experiential like like um, it exists within a, a web yeah like, like within the, context it's all part of the for me i guess i guess it's all part of like that struggle of attempting to achieve and then when we do achieve it's amazing and there's so much beauty in that and because of the failure right and i, I don't know it's just it's all very lofty philosophical thinking but it's it's and it's very hard for me to even try to explain it i can't really do it but i think that it, a system with no basis in that thinking would have a very hard time i think it would be impossible for them to come to trouble but what if it did though like what if it's what if it's ai in a bot that's like going out every day it has a job it's it's experiencing the same. Um, it's it's external world is the same as ours. It's external experience is the same as ours. Of course, the internal is probably not going to be the same. But yeah, you can have a robot that you can have an automaton now 
ostensibly that has a home, more or less, and that goes and performs a function and comes back after performing a function. We have that now. Yeah. So, so what, why couldn't we teach it to actually appreciate, not just parrot what we taught it, but actually appreciate beauty? and imperfection because the, the 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 impetus for creating ai to my knowledge is to become the perfect version of the computer that we have created to the whole the whole basis for it is perfection so well, it is is antithetical to for it to be based on imperfection well, what if it can, okay, what if the goal is to create perfection in humanity, but not perfection in the natural world? Or what if we teach it that it's, that the idea of perfection is like 80%, right? And that there will be, there will be like deviations from that, that are, are acceptable. Because that, that's, that's, that is getting into why it would not work is because the computer system is trying to find a function for it if you're you're giving it values of 80 percent, so it's looking for something to be 80 percent uh optimal 20 percent to be a suboptimal or whatever then it's just it's an algorithm at that point and we have algorithms now that help us find things that we might like based on things that we do like and a lot of times it's pretty accurate because it can mimic what we perceive and what we believe to be valuable or beautiful or valuable, uh -huh. but you're, it's, you're, it's a feedback loop of, of like you're giving it values and it's spitting things back out to you, but it's not able to understand and set the parameters of what the optimal level is you're having to tell it that and it's making assumptions based on that. That's not, that's not it intuiting it. That's it. It's spitting out a formula. But I thought, isn't like AI getting there though? In terms of since like, not, not again, not, not sentience, but in terms of understanding humanity, nah, I, I don't know enough about it. Oh, I mean, I don't think so. No, not that far. I mean, like being able to, develop rules for what we find ideal based on the information that it's been delivered oh that, that's what i'm saying probably for sure because like it's already very very good at that um just just little algorithms that help us find things based on what we have found before. um but in terms of extrapolating that in, in an AI who's sentient and thinking for itself, that's not the same thing of it, it making its own valuations. It would be based on something that somebody told it, which to, to be fair, like we're all, we're all self-propelling machines that are, have a, our environments have played a huge role in how we think and believe and our like our upbringings and stuff kind of shaped 
a lot of our mentalities and stuff. But this is literally somebody programming it to do something. And then it just goes from there. And I'm sure it can learn over time certain things, but the origin of it is still, it's not, it's not from itself. I don't but, it, it, think of it like this. How, how would an AI have a crisis of belief? How would it have a crisis? Like that, that's an inherently human thing to, to kind of like stop and have to reconsider all of your decisions about what you want for the future or what you did in the past. I don't know if an AI would ever have a crisis of belief. I don't know. I don't know enough about, I mean, I, I'm going to guess that like where the technology is now, I'm going to assume that you're, you're most certainly right. But in 50 years, I don't know. Well, I just don't know. I mean, I don't know if they can achieve sentience, but if they can achieve sentience, I don't know why they couldn't, why they couldn't model like all the flaws, but they're not flaws. All the all the less desirable traits of humanity that that we have. They could actually. There's. I wish. I wish you played games. There was a. There's a video game that that the entire thesis of the game is this conversation about sentience and what makes a person a person it's very 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 good um so but that is kind of the the entire basis of the game is at what point are is there is there a line in the sand where things are machine and then things are person um and it it actually challenges a lot of what I had believed before because it put it in such an interesting way. But I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, because then you'd have to start evaluating um, rights for sentient, like sentient uh, non-biological entities. Yeah. And we probably ought to start with animals first, but... Mm -hmm. true but yeah do do you know much about like are, are they achieving like sentience i i don't know anything about it uh but it is something that i could conceive i can conceive of artificial intelligence becoming aware of what it is yeah i guess for the sake of this conversation like we know it's going to happen eventually so it doesn't really matter right well, I mean, the, the implications are definitely interesting to think of, and it's a it's a fun, it's an interesting thought experiment for sure. Um, but but yeah, kind of going back to like whether or not even if you you could have things, you could map out personality traits of people, uh, desirable, undesirable, positive, negative, uh, personality thing uh, attributes. But really, that's just that's you're spinning in a random number generator to spit out values of things. 
to map out a personality that's that's like building a video game character essentially um, of how you're making you're building stats for this character but it came from something even if you copied your exact intelligence and personality and you can map that all out which that seems like that is something that we could do and pasted it onto this blank slate of, of an ai is that a person like that's a very strange and hard to answer question i just had a thought are you ready yes okay you remember how we were talking about the metaphor about like uh uh, I said, like ants trying to understand the internet, like that's how some people say, you know, you can't understand God's plan. Mm. Okay. So keep that in the back of your mind. All right. So in an ant colony, you've got like one ant that is, is it ants where they've got like the queen that doesn't do anything? Yeah. And then they've got like, cause I get them mixed up with the rolls of bees. Cause I know they're both have like specialized workers. All right, whatever. Let's just say, you know, well, so the, so the ant ant just does just eat royal jelly or whatever and in birth. Like they okay. lay eggs. So let's say you've got you've got one ant who like based on let's say we're like we're up close, right? No, hold on. Let me think of a different metaphor. <laughs> That's a shitty metaphor. Uh Okay, let's just use the ecosystem. So like in the ecosystem, we have, we have, uh, like, so, okay, so we've got bees, right? And let's say before we knew what we know now about bees, bees were a nuisance, right? Okay. We didn't want them around, they stung you, blah, blah, blah. All we knew is that bees were bad. And then later we learned that bees are actually part of like a really complex web of things. And that without them, this thing that we formerly thought was, was undesirable is actually desirable. If you look at it from a different level, if you look at it from a higher level. So what if AI is able to appreciate imperfection from that perspective? And then they're like, look, we know that without humans that have, you know, this trait that seems undesirable and this trait that seems undesirable on a higher level, on a bigger scope, a global scope, that those traits, that the, our world wouldn't function in the way that it does without those traits. And so we need to model that what appears to be imperfection because it's actually, it's actually able to result in perfection. Then AI is God. I mean, that, that is possible. Um, Pray to uh, it, Tristan. Well, I mean, uh, us trying to achieve AI is, is more or less our scrambling to try to find uh, meaning and find our place is ourselves creating God anyway. Like that that's the whole end game. It's, and that's fucking metal. But, um, but I don't know if that metaphor necessarily tracks because we, when we do that with us trying to understand our ecosystem now we still try to the ecosystem and the behaviors of the animals are really secondary 
to our own motivations and drive. And we try to make those things mesh together. And we try to work, we try to get the animal systems to work within our own because we're not going to value, we're not going to value their stuff more than our own. Why? Because we are the dominant species and that's what we want. Like we're not going to, if there we we do it all the time like i'm not saying that i agree with that but i'm saying that sure. is the way it is right now that if there is um like we the the uh fuel pipelines or uh there's a an endangered species that is like off of a, a tract of land that is it's very desirable for uh, for building there's going to be accommodations made that are going to be in the favor of the dominant species and we try to work within that. We don't want them. We, their ecosystem is cute and it's 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 nice, and we want, we like to see the animals play until it inconveniences us. But then we are going to exact our power to do what we need to do to perpetuate ourselves. And I think that that would be if if that is the perspective that AI has. I think that that is how we get to the whole AI overlord thing. That, if we start to inconvenience them, then it's a problem. So if, well, so, so the reason that we do that is for need of resources, right? And Gen so generally, or like with bees, they have something that we want too. Well, in addition to being pollinators, we also use them and breed them, like try to get them specifically to get the resources that they make themselves. Yeah. So we get house we, bees. We exploit them for that. But let's. So if if we could, if we could keep AI in a position where it wasn't in need of resources, then the risk goes away, right? But then what would be? So you would have sentience. Um, it would still imply that there is a drive to do something. What's mm -hmm. that there would be an impetus to do, to create or do something like, for AI? Because, because we're talking about blend, blending the lines of, of humanity and, and machine. Like if you are, even if you have your needs met, if you if people oh, right. deli delivered you food all day and you could work home i feel like you would still have a drive to do something to do more you're gonna you're gonna break the confines of your isolation eventually yeah and we're saying that ai is modeled after human thought and so it's still gonna have a drive to it's gonna get bored and it's right. gonna have like a pioneering spirit so at some point it might just be like, I wonder what will happen if I just like fuck up all these people. <laughs> or, you know, it, it's, it probably wouldn't be anything. I would assume that it wouldn't be anything nefarious as that, but it would, it would have an impetus to do something and not necessarily like, because the, the question is whether or not that is, it's willed, whether or not it's a desire or it's programmed to like, that's a different conversation, right? Well, that's that kind of back. Fucking freaks me out. Well, yeah, but that, that kind of goes back to whether or not you have a crisis of belief or whether or not you could have um, 
in, find imperfections in things because these are these are drives that are inherent to people. Um, but if you were to have a, a machine that had a drive to do something like, I'm sure it would be based on like wanting to, I don't know, uh, make the like um, perfect the information pipeline of how the internet works and functions, or how uh, interstate commerce or something works, or like start start seeing ass seeing and assessing all the problems that we have and trying to find ways to fix them. Um, and so I don't, if anything malicious happened, I don't think it would begin out of a place of maliciousness. It'd be out of a place of observing all the flaws that we have, which there are many, and then trying to take steps to fix them. But I have no idea. I mean, it could go either way. Oh, well, my, my point was, we see them as flaws, but what if AI doesn't see them as flaws? Um, I, I don't know. I would find it hard. I would find, unless it will, unless it was programmed to, to not acknowledge, to not have a valuation process of, of assessing things as good or bad or less than or desirable or undesirable. I would find it hard to believe that they would not have a valuation process that says that some things are undesirable. Um, if if, we, if if nothing if for no other reason that we have decided that things are undesirable and buddhist monk programmers would have no desire to create a ai that's the that's the solution well, no value judgments i i would find that hard hard to uh to believe they would care enough to make ai although it would be one with everything so i don't Possibly. Uh, well, I think that's probably a good place. Good stuff. Like I think we've been going for like two and a half hours. Or, Jesus. Or close to it. Um, but this this was good. Although yeah. I, I would like to. Uh, you had a list of questions. I think would be good for when Patrick gets back. Uh, yeah. Well, I was just like. So for the listeners, we Tristan said I don't have anything to talk about. And so I just thought it would be funny to Google uh, icebreakers. Mm. And uh, so I Googled it and sent a screen cap, but actually thought um, that it might actually be fun for us to do. Maybe we could do it on the next episode. Just like some bullshit icebreakers that you'd get at like some like corporate training or something like that, like mm -hmm. with your group. Uh, it might kind of actually be fun. Well, for we talk about like farts and, and penises. Well, for some of those, I, I might be kind of fishing for solutions because I'm I'm kind of at a crossroads with some of those, so that's why I took an interest in it. Um, so I think that might be fun. But this is this uh, was good. It took a lot of turns. Yeah, it did. This was fun. Well, well should we wrap it up? You want to sign them off? Yeah. You've been listening to Through Being Cool. Night Riders, unite and witness us. Born ugly, race stupid. We give you permission. Ten years of casting. Dreaming about detectives. Learning about our bodies with every 
answer in bad questions, giving worse advice, talking shit about shit that everyone likes, cause we are through being.